0: But how often do we live as if we're someone God never meant for us to be? Part of knowing who you are is knowing who you're not, hence the name The Burt Not Ernie Show. I'm so glad you're here. Let's dig into God's promises. Well, hey there. Hello to you today, and welcome back to the Burt Not Ernie Show podcast. I hope that so far, the month of May. It, that it's already, even though we're just at the beginning of the month, that it's already a month of blessings, a time when you can experience the goodness of the Lord in just like a whole mess of different ways, and that you're able to lean in, draw near to Him every single day of this month, like the entire month long, just right here as we kind of begin to roll into the, well, the summer season. I live in Kansas, and so May is technically still springtime, but we usually get summer in May. It's like, okay, summer's here. Here we are. We're, we're in it to win it. And I also hope that this podcast, and specifically this series on hot topics, that it can be part of your daily walk with the Lord in some way, shape, or form, just to encourage you, um, maybe challenge you. Discipleship is really, 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 really important. And so if I could be even a tiny part of that as just being a person who really just talks about God's word and God's promises, that would be just really super fabulous. I'm so thankful that you're listening to the show today as we discuss the second topic in this series, the promise of forgiveness. You ready for this one? Let's jump right in. You're listening to the Burt Not Ernie Show podcast, part of the Spark Network, now playing in the Edify app. This is episode number 145. Okay, so here we are again. We're taking a hard look at the hard parts of life in this world because that's where we find ourselves living. We're in this world, but we're not of it, right? But we still are in it. The in it part doesn't just dissipate, evaporate, disappear, entirely go away. We're in it and there are hard things that come with being in a fallen world. You know, but we're, we're looking at the hard parts through the lens of the word of God, which makes it, I, I don't want to say it makes it more palatable. It makes it doable. It makes it uh, possible to live in the victory as more than conquerors that, that the Lord has promised us. So God's promises, they are for us. They really are for our good and also they're for his glory. So let's treat them like we believe that. Do we believe that God's promises are true? True for us, therefore our good and for his glory, for him to get glory as he keeps his promises and he keeps them. Let's be honest, when we believe them. Think about Jesus saying to people who who wanted his healing, like which is a tangible form of his blessing on their life. And he would say, May it be unto you as your faith is, right? Like, I mean, you have faith for it, you believe for it. And he was doing it. I'm paraphrasing, but that's kind of what was going on there. If we don't ever believe any of God's promises, how many of them are we going to miss out on? Is he still going to be gracious to us and merciful and love us well? Yes, he will. But he wants so much more for us. And he wants that to be as a result of believing him fully and totally. This is part of the relationship aspect that we have with our God, thanks to the veil being torn the the way directly to God being open for us. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And we have the Holy Spirit indwelling us, God with us, literally all day, every day. It's a relationship. It's very much unlike any other religion, religious system, religiosity that is out there in the world that ever has been or ever will be. Jesus makes it all different. So, Believing God's promises, like believing them, living in a state of chronic and contagious belief, that is part of a healthy relationship with your loving God. So believing they're true and expecting results based on what God has stated in the Bible, not based on my own personal wants and wishes and hopes and dreams. No, 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 no. I expect results based on what God has clearly stated in his book, the Bible and when we seek his glory and his honor not his own we're you know that's another way of like handling his promises with care i handle them with enough care to not make it all about me 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 and mine us for and no more no i handle them with care and i care about his glory and his honor i hope that makes sense that's how i think of it anyway how do i handle them with care by not making it about me when it's really not about me at all it's all about jesus so the servant Is not greater than the master. Those are words in red, words that Jesus spoke. And they're words that that, you know, when you they're words that help us when we struggle with forgiveness. I'm just gonna say that. The servant is not greater than the master. Those words spoken by Jesus will help us when we struggle with forgiveness. If you never struggle with it, man, my hat's off to you. Uh, you know, that's awesome, beyond awesome. That's like be awesome. Okay. I I don't have like an automatic forgiveness thing that like does it that just that I was like born with where oh yeah forgiveness that is not an issue for me at all never has been never will be I wasn't born with that if you were I think that's really cool I love it I'm not so when I talk about the struggle with forgiveness I'm really not talking about like surface level kind of stuff like painting with such a broad brush And having a, of course, you know, we all need grace and forgiveness kind of an attitude, which is totally true. But sometimes some people, sometimes each of us in our own life can kind of paint with that broad brush. Well, we all need grace and forgiveness, but I may not be specifically specifically dealing with thinking about executing and choosing to forgive in one certain area where I really, really need to. I can be avoiding a hot topic when I paint with such a broad brush and just say, well, we all need grace and forgiveness. Saying that is not the same as me forgiving in that really hard, hard, hard area, issue, situation. You know, it can be hard to swallow on a personal level sometimes. That whole, um, that just this whole idea of continual and complete forgiveness again and again and again. If we're honest, it can be hard. It's a hot topic you know, I didn't, I didn't uh, talk on this today for no reason. It's because it's really, really important. It's a really big deal. And it's something I really believe we all deal with at one point or another in our life. So totally honesty, a total honesty, I'm just going to tell you, I have had to forgive and then forgive again. And then a few more times again and again and again, like we're talking about the same exact person for the same exact singular issue. Not they did the same thing again and again, but that one time they did that one thing, I've had to forgive again and again and again because it was big, like bigger than me. I don't have the ability when things are bigger than me to just just let it go, Jan. Just let it drift off into the vast sea of forgiveness. That would be fabulous. But I needed more than that. I needed help, God-sized help. And I found it in the Word of God. I needed some verses, some promises about this hot topic. I did find them in the Word of God. And they did exactly what God intended for them to do, which is what His Word always does. It never returns to Him void. So there is an actual difference between forgiveness and the feeling of forgiveness, right? Feelings are, they're just so fickle. Sometimes our feelings are just basically useless. Sometimes our feelings are useless, like Nacho Libre quote coming at you right now. You're useless, Ignacio. Look, have you ever had a time when your feelings were so wrong, so off the mark, that by believing and accepting those feelings, you ended up in like a world of hurt. Like you got put in the hurt locker for real. A whole mess came as a result of trusting in the soundness of your feelings. I've been there does it sound like maybe this is from personal experience? Yeah, because I've been there. I'm not kidding when I say that. It should sound personal because ugh, that would be the truth. This means to me that this topic of forgiveness is it's personal and it's important. It's a hot topic because it just runs rampant everywhere and it should not run rampant in the church, the body of Christ. We, I'm not going to say we need to do better. We need to lean more on what God's word says, act out of obedience, make a decision to forgive, even if we don't feel like forgiving and trust the Holy Spirit to do what he does best. The vast difference between um, biblical forgiveness and the feeling of forgiveness is kind of what we're going to talk about on the show today. They're not the same thing, feeling like you have really forgiven and actually choosing to forgive per the biblical model, they're not always the same thing. They're probably very rarely the same thing. You already know this. I know you know this. I know you know that forgiveness is not just a feeling. It's a choice you make. You know this. And yet, and yet, even knowing it, you and I, we still struggle with the reality of it in our own lives. In those super hard places where we were so wronged. I mean, this was so damaging. We were used and abused. Or our spouse, our kids, our BFF, our parents, our grandparents, maybe your pastor was just attacked unfairly. People who mean so much to us, they were done wrong. Man, oh man, it can be a big, big hurdle for us to forgive what has been done to others. Sometimes that's harder than forgiving what was done to us. Hey, look, think about it this way just going to i'm just going to give you an example the horrors that took place during the holocaust they were done to actual people by actual people in a broad sweeping overarching decision to quote unquote forgive the german war machine you know I, I i don't that's not really the kind of forgiveness that that this degree of thing like that's like a checked out kind of forgiveness let's just forgive the german war machine no individual people who went through living hell I mean, look at Cory Ten Boom's story when she knew she had to forgive that man walking toward her that she knew was one of the meanest dudes in the camp that she was in, where she lost her beloved family members for no reason other than trying to save the lives of people who were being killed just because they were Jews. She literally knew I have to forgive him, but I can't do it. And The Holy Spirit just kind of, without her even realizing it, her hand came out to shake his hand and she said, I forgive you. That's what we're talking about here. That specific face-to-face, up-close-and-personal decision, not a feeling, decision to forgive. She didn't just be like, oh, well, you know, the German war machine, it was what it was. I forgive broadly. Sometimes we got to get personal because it is personal. The enemy, it's personal. He loathes. Jesus. And because you love Jesus, he loathes you. He hates you. He just does because you love the Lord. Sometimes we got to get personal because he makes it personal. If we try to just step back and keep it like, oh, I'm not going to get down in the weeds on this one, he might actually be winning because as some of the verses I share with you in a moment are going to, are going to show clearly, if, uh, if we don't forgive, Jesus said this, not me. If we don't forgive, God, our father will not forgive us. It's a big deal. It's a really big reason, really big reason for Satan to work hard to keep us just focused on just big and broad and overarching forgiveness, but not specific, not one-to-one, not that exact person for that exact thing. Yes, it can be enormously difficult, terribly difficult. If it were easy, I guess we wouldn't need the instruction from the word of God that so pointedly tells us what we must do must do. And those are words written in the Bible. You must forgive. All right. Um, we're called by God's word to forgive people, I guess is what I'm trying to say. We don't need to forgive things. The German war machine I forgive that, whatever that is. No, no, that's not really forgiveness per se, per the definition. We need to forgive people people. And that's what makes it so, so difficult. Because you know what? A thing is inanimate. It's not alive. An idea, whatever, you know, that's a little different. A person we know full well, they can hurt us again and again and again. And it can feel like, oh, the God of justice wants me to to actually forgive them when they're probably going to do it again and again and again. Yep. He sure does. He absolutely does. Okay. So what about once you have forgiven? Like you really truly have, you have forgiven this person for this thing. And then like out of the blue, it seems like, bam, here's this anger or this emotion. It just rises up in you. And what are we supposed to do with those emotions? Cause they're strong and they're powerful. Well, we don't want to let them win just because they're strong and powerful. We need to let Jesus win. He's, he's going to win in the end game anyway. We know that we've read the end of the book. We know who wins. So let's let him win in the short game right here. Uh, I, you know, when you're like, I already forgave. Why is this reemerging? There could be a ton of reasons why something is cropping up again. And what I have found is that often we really did forgive. We absolutely 100% forgave for real. And then God allows like a layer of something to kind of be peeled back to show us a spot that needs healing, the kind of healing that he can do and he alone can do. It's it's often for our own good and of course for his glory, this thing that shows up, that appears. And then when we choose to forgive yet again, like for real, I'm making a decision to forgive yet again, there is this maturity and this healing and this growth that can take place. God really does use it for our good, Romans 8:28, and for kingdom purposes, because it just really, almost always, almost invariably, it leads us to have more compassion, greater empathy that opens new doors to minister to people. And when we minister to people, it really, that's just a beautiful way for us to be able to point them to Jesus. Like if I minister to someone by taking them a meal, I'm showing them tangible love of Jesus and I can maybe pray for them, pray with them, right? I mean, it's just any opportunity we have that's kind of just opening a door to point people to Jesus is a good opportunity. And sometimes this call to forgive again, that comes because we have this thing that has resurfaced. It's like, I already forgave. Why is it cropping up again? That can be the door opening up for us to show them, to point them to Jesus. Look at Jesus, not at me. Look at Jesus. He's the one who holds their eternal life in his very hand. So sometimes for sure, we have to forgive more than once and then forgive the same person for that long past offense or that crime against us. You can phrase it any number of ways. The wrong thing done to us or done to our loved one. It can feel like we took all these steps backward when that happens. This feeling came up and it's like I had to forgive again. Oh, am I like going backwards? Am I making any progress in my walk as a Christ follower? What if though, what if this is actually a path that's like several big leaps forward when we forgive again? Because a lot of people... They just bump up against that and they just bail. I'm out. I'm not doing that. And without Jesus, you know, th- this is one of those things that's like pretty much impossible to keep forgiving these hard, hard, hard things. I'm not talking about baby steps forward here. This is like the giant leaps forward. Think about the, you know, Red Rover game or, well, not Red Rover. That's the send him over, breakthrough the thing. But like the um, it red light, green light, you know, take two giant leaps forward. You could take two baby steps forward, you know, where you're playing favorites with your with your friends and your really good friend or the popular kid you want to get in good with, they can take two giant leaps forward and you can take one baby step forward. Like, it's not like that. This forgiveness, it's always giant leaps forward and nobody, God is not going to stand there and be like, well, you're not my favorite. So you can only take a baby step forward in this. No, no, it's not like that. Listen, spoiler alert. This is what actually is going on in your spiritual life and your spiritual development. When you forgive the same person for the same issue yet again, this is what's happening. Giant leaps forward, spiritually speaking. Forgiveness is a heart issue. We don't have to feel all warm and fuzzy in our quote-unquote heart. You don't have to feel warm and fuzzy in your heart to really truly extend forgiveness. You can, you can feel just as upset. You really can. You can be just as upset immediately after genuinely forgiving someone just as upset as you were the moment before you chose to forgive, you cannot base it on your feelings. You cannot, you have to take your feelings and say, Jesus, I'm going to give these to you. Like that's, that's how I kind of do it. I, I, I don't want to say visualize cause that's not quite right. I'm really not that kind of a artistic type of person. I'm just a pen to paper kind of a person. So I think of it as like, I take the, the, this this exact issue and I move it out of my hands and I put it in Jesus's hands and say I'm just going to give that to you I'm going to give that to you and I don't really feel maybe a whole lot different than I did when I still had it in uh, my hands but I'm making the choice to forgive because I love you and I'm going to obey your word even when it feels too hard to do and I expect you to help me with the rest and you know what he does I don't have to forgive I don't have to, I do have to forgive. I'm misspeaking here. I don't have to feel a certain way in order to forgive from my heart. And I don't have to get, I don't have to, um, and I don't want to forgive in order to just get a certain feeling that that's not how this give and take works. My feelings are going to bend the knee to what is written in the word of God. I forgive because I'm told to forgive period. And if I don't feel better instantly after deciding to forgive, then I just make up my mind that that's okay. My feelings are not large and in charge. The Lord is. The Lord is. And he said to do it, and I did it, and that's that. And eventually, he takes care of all of the rest of the details, including my feelings, because he's so good. That's the way of Jesus. That's the way of Jesus. He's the one who died in order for us to receive forgiveness. I don't think he was sitting around waiting to feel a certain way. He just obeyed his father. Can't we obey him? and forgive? Yes. Rhetorical question? Yes, we can and we should. So if you struggle with the way you feel, don't confuse that with having an unforgiving heart. They're not necessarily the same thing. Forgiveness is a decision, and it's not a decision that we should put off until we have a change of heart or until we feel like forgiving. Extend forgiveness today, because in light of these Bible verses that I'm about to share with you, it's really, really a bad idea to put this decision off. Don't even put it off for one single solitary day. It really is too important to delay. Okay, I'm going to, all the verses I'm going to read today are from the ESV. So, you know, for continuity's sake, I'm going to stick with one translation today. And I'm going to start with uh, Oh, and they're also all from the New Testament. I'm going to start with Ephesians 4, verse 32. And here's what it says. Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, as God in Christ forgave you. All right. It just, it's plain as day. God forgave you. So you must also forgive. Forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. How did God in Christ forgive you? Partially? A couple of things here, but most of it over there, you got to work off the rest of your debt. Or did he just forgive you completely and totally? Oh, it was complete. And it was total. And it was a gift. Like you, all you do is receive it. So that's how you're supposed to forgive. You just give it. They don't have to come groveling. No, no, no. You just forgive. Why? Because that's how God in Christ forgave you. Mark 11:25. 25. Okay, these are the very words of Jesus. And whenever you stand praying, forgive if you have anything against anyone so that your father Also, who is in heaven may forgive you your trespasses. Okay, the ESV sometimes is like a little bit long in the wordiness. So let me just read it one more time. And by that, I mean like there are extra words in there that might feel, um, they're not extra because they're in the Bible, but they feel extra because it's not really how we speak right now. But there's a clarity to the ESV. The extra words bring us that extra clarity. So I guess they are extra in a really good way. Let me read it one more time. And whenever you stand praying, so this is like a prayer verse, my friends, whenever you stand praying, forgive if you have anything against anyone so that your father also who is in heaven may forgive you your trespasses. Forgive who and forgive them of what? Anyone of anything. And then what happens? Oh, here's our promise, guys, the promise of forgiveness. And then your father who is, in heaven, who is in heaven will forgive you of your, in the plural, trespasses. Trespasses. I forgive them that one thing that I'm holding against them. Anybody, of anything. And I get forgiven of the plural, all my trespasses. Yeah, that's a great promise. I love it. Matthew 6:15. More words in red here. Jesus himself speaking. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your father forgive your trespasses. Mm-mm, I don't like that at all. Like, I don't like the tale. Of, like, I'm not going to get forgiven. Oh, this is just an easy button. You know, that big red easy button. Remember those commercials? Like, I'm going to mash that sucker so hard. I'm going to forgive. I'm going to forgive. This is important enough for Jesus to be this blunt. Yeah, I'm doing it. I'm doing it. He he told me in no uncertain terms, It's it's this or that. If I don't forgive, I don't get forgiven. If I do forgive, I get forgiven. All right, I'm all in on the forgiveness boat. These are really powerful verses because they change the way we act, the way we think, the way we live, and it has an impact right now and an impact that will carry into eternity. Because when you become a person who's like, boom, 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 forgive, forgive, forgive. Yeah. You know what? People notice. It makes a difference. It's God-sized impact you're having there just by letting him have his way with you. And how does he have his way with you in this? By you just yielding, yielding to him. You make a decision to obey, a decision to forgive, and forgive, and forgive, and forgive some more. Wow, it's a beautiful thing. And that just makes an impact. Can you even imagine what one life lived like that could do for the kingdom of God? I really can't imagine, but it would be awesome. It'd be amazing. Okay, so, um, and also I got to say, these these words from Matthew chapter 6 verse 15, there's like some bite to them, you know, like, oh, I feel that. It feels painful. Yeah, because it is, it is painful. It can be hard. That's why we just have to make a decision and not wait around until we feel like we can do it. I don't need to uh, have some special journal set aside that I just write out my working my way up to forgive um, you know, daily declarations or whatever. And like, I'm going to write my way through this and when it seems like I'm in a better place, I'll forgive. No, I'm just going to do it right now because this is painful and hard and I'm not going to sit around waiting on me and the remnants of my useless dying flesh to, you know, change the way I feel and, and act. To dictate my decisions. Nope. Jesus says I must forgive because if I don't, I won't be forgiven. Those are his words. And I'm pretty sure he was super duper serious when he spoke them and is equally serious about forgiveness today. So I just have to do it. This act, this decision of forgiving, you and I, we have to, we must, because our Lord, who is our master and our King says we must. Okay. Matthew 26, verse 28 For this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for the many for the forgiveness of sins. That is Jesus speaking. Wow. The blood, his blood of the covenant was poured out for the many for the forgiveness of sins. That's a forgiveness verse that packs a punch. Think about it. How can we not make the decision to forgive when this is what it cost our beloved Savior? If we love him. It should not be easy for us to refuse to forgive. Hopefully, hopefully, as we grow up to more and more and more in continued maturity in the Lord, we're going to be more and more and more unable to refuse to forgive, right? We want to be like, boom, boom, boom. I quickly forgive. I quickly forgive. That's God's will. And I believe that he's using the word of God to refine us in this area, that the more we mature, the more quickly we forgive. Luke twenty three, thirty four. These are words that Jesus spoke while he was on the cross. And Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Boy, this is a verse that could just like and should, I think, wreck us on some level. How dare I not forgive? Oh Lord, make me quick to forgive. When I don't think I can do it Oh, when I don't think I can do it, when I don't think I can forgive, may your spirit move And enable me to forgive, to only forgive, to always forgive. Boy, I need to live my life like that. Matthew 6, verse 12. This is from the Lord's Prayer. And here's what Jesus said. And forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. Now, Jesus didn't have any debts, and he sins to be forgiven. This is, the Lord's Prayer is like a, it's Jesus teaching his followers how to pray. And And he didn't give them like a, when they said, Lord, teach us to pray. He responded by saying pray like this not pray these words this isn't like him saying you pray by rote verbatim you can spew it out each day from memory while you're scrolling the instagram you're able to pray this prayer without missing a beat Uh, you could be running through your to-do list and still pray this prayer and not miss a beat this is uh this is not like that. This isn't like a by rote kind of a thing. Pray these exact words. No, no. Um, you know, if you're not even engaging while you pray, I want to encourage you and challenge you to step back and say, wow, I'm kind of like, I'm not even here mentally thinking about actually speaking to the one before whom uh, I'm going to hit my knees so hard and so fast. Whoa, I need to not, you know, rethink your prayer time. If it's all just automatic checklisting. you're not even cognizant of what you're actually doing. It, this is how to pray, not what exact words to say. Because that by rote, not even clued in at all stuff, I, can we really call that praying? I don't think I can when I've done that. Oh, and so, as Jesus was teaching them how to pray, this was part of the how. Forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. He didn't say, You might forgive your debtors. I mean, he's just like telling them, frankly, this is the expectation. You ask for forgiveness because you have forgiven everyone who owes you anything, who has sinned against you. You forgive. Wow. This is a tall order, but it's it's what we're called to do. So he's going to enable us to do it by the power of the Holy Spirit. Forgive just like you've been forgiven. Remembering to be grateful to God for the enormous gift of forgiveness. It makes the act of forgiving others so much easier. I have no right to hold a grudge. I have no right to refuse to forgive. I have been forgiven of so, so much, and I need to make the choice to forgive a part of my prayer life. Did you catch that from Matthew 6 verse 12? We need, and Lord, how should we pray? Teach us to pray. Pray like this. Forgive us as we have also forgiven. Forgiveness is And thankfulness, gratitude to the Lord for His forgiveness, that should be a part of our prayer life according to Jesus. Yeah, let's pray like that. When forgiving is part of our praying, believe me you, things start to change as to how much sway those little old feelings have over us. When forgiving is part of our praying, it reframes things and it refocuses things. It makes us more grateful. It makes us just quick to forgive. And, you know, if you're a parent, you know what it's like to have a child who's obedient versus a child who's rebellious. We want to be obedient children of the Most High God, not rebellious children. Okay, I've got two more verses to share, both from the New Testament. Um, And I chose these intentionally because I think it's a really big deal to know what the early church, like how they were instructed what their what their um what did the word of God say? Like how was the church to behave and then how did they behave as you read particularly the book of Acts, the four gospels and then Acts? How did how did the New Testament church, the very beginning of this thing that is should be all encompassing of our lives, our our walk with Jesus, our Christian life, how were they instructed about a certain topic? And then are we, the modern church, are we doing what the book says to do? Are we following those instructions? Matthew 18, verses 21 and 22. Then Peter came up and said to him, Lord, how often will my brother sin against me and I forgive him? As many as seven times? Jesus said to him, I do not say to you seven times, but seventy-seven times. Okay, so some versions say seventy times seven. Either way, it's supposed to be a really big number. And it's interesting that Peter came with that—the that seven, the number of completion, the number of perfection, like seven times. That's that's good, right, Lord? That's like the that's like the perfect number. So that's the perfect number of times to forgive my brother. Um, and, and Jesus says, no, no, not seven times, seventy-seven or seven. Seventy times seven, so seventy-seven times, or four hundred ninety times. I'm gonna go with four hundred ninety because I, I like that. Uh, for me, that's how I think of it. Also, Veggie Tales, four hundred and ninety, right? Like, I mean, that's a big number. And here's, here's an added thing. I have read that the implication here was one person sinning against another person this many times in a single day. This is how many times you forgive this person in one single day. I've never had anybody sin against me four hundred ninety times in a day or 77 times. Jesus is making a point here, always, and for anything and everything. And over and over again, that's how much you forgive. That's how many times. And for in the Jewish culture, you know, like, think of this. So that's a single day. This many times in a single day. That new round of forgiveness, it would start again like the next day. But for the Jewish people, each day, the new day begins as the sun sets. It begins at sunset. So each evening would be a time to kind of let out that deep sigh and start forgiving again. You know, like you literally were not to allow the sun to go down on your anger because the new day starts as the sun sets. And there's some aspect of that that's good for us. Not to be, oh, I'm going to sleep on it and I'll forgive tomorrow. No, I'm going to apply the Jewish um, clock, if you will. (laughs) I'm going to forgive before the sun goes down because God's word says not to let the sun set on my anger. Okay, Colossians 3 verse 13 the apostle Paul wrote this to the church at Classe, bearing with one another. And if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other, as the Lord has forgiven you, so you must also forgive. Yeah, you know, he's not saying here, you know, if one has a complaint against another, another go work it out and see, you know, go to counseling or go that's not really what he says here at all. He says, if you have a complaint, forgive. Forgive it. The Lord forgave you. So you must also forgive. There's that word I mentioned earlier. Must. We must forgive. This isn't a request. This is more of a command. You must forgive. It's not my intention here to push you around with the Bible. And I certainly don't want to shame you. And here's why I don't like shame. Shame is a tool and a tactic of the enemy, Satan, the evil one. And God does not want his people to use Satan's methods and means to try and accomplish the will of the Lord. So there's no guilt or no shame in this message today because I don't believe in using any of the devil's methods to try to bring about God's purposes. I don't believe in it. Shame is a huge one. If you live under shame or guilt, I want to encourage you to pray and ask the Lord to deliver you from that. And I believe that he will because his will is not for you to live in shame. So there's no shame are being bullied with the Word of God. I'm not bullying you with my Bible here. I just want you to hear what the Word of God says on this very, very hot topic, because it's important. I want you to be fully forgiven, and I want you to represent the Lord well by just constantly, 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 quickly forgiving. It makes an impact, maybe even, dare I say, an impact unique and unlike any other impact that Christians can make to a watching world, and they're watching. They're watching. Even if they don't say to you, "I'm watching you, Wazowski," they're watching. They notice. Believe me, they notice. So, um, I—that's why I wanted to talk about this today, for your sake, and for the sake of others. You know, really, it's just a decision. This decision to forgive—it's a very simple but very important act of obedience, according to what the Lord has told us. We must do. We must forgive. We must forgive or we will not be forgiven. You do not have to feel like forgiving in order to actually forgive. You can do it and not really be feeling it. And you know what? If you are sincere in your decision to obey the Lord and forgiveness, you have you have extended forgiveness. You've done it. Whether you feel it or not, you've done it. Yeah, for sure. This is a hot topic. But what promise for us, what hope for us when we live quick to forgive others. We cannot even begin to imagine how the Lord will use the life of one of his followers, just one, who is so all in when it comes to forgiving that they don't know how to not forgive. What do you think God might do with one such life? You know, and you could be that one. Don't wait another day. Don't wait another hour. If you know There's some forgiving that you need to do. Do it now. Make the decision to forgive and then just watch God be honored and and blessed. And he'll bless you in return because he's such a generous and loving God. All right. That is it today on this hot topic of forgiveness. Thank you for joining me today for part two of this series. And I hope you'll be back next time. And I am, as always, I'm thankful for every listen, every download. I pray over every listener. And if you feel like sharing this to bless somebody else or encourage or challenge or however you want to put it, I would just be, um, I'd be thankful for that because I love when the word of God extends out farther and farther and farther, as broad as we can spread it. And if we can get the word of God shared all over social media, I'm going to tell you what, that's a good, that count that a win. A win is a win and that's a win. So thank you for listening. Thank you for sharing. Have a blessed day, my friend, and I'll see you next time. Bye-bye.